0: Side to the West, this is From the Land, the Cleveland Sports and More podcast. I'm your host, Jason Gerber, and tonight we talk first place guards and maybe finally it's time to talk Browns quarterbacks on the field. After that, we hit some NFL storylines, Major League Baseball news, and we end the show with big changes coming to the land of mouse ears and money. I am joined tonight, as always, by two of the best ever. Co-host Phil Danko is here. Hey, Gerbs. Good to be here, and thanks for having me. Quant trader, Chuck Rambaldo, is here as well. Quant? Quant? (laughs) Nice. Good news, buddy. This is the best-paying opportunity we have ever offered you by a long shot. A multi-strat quant hedge fund is looking for a quantitative execution trader to handle various trading related responsibilities, to be hands on with risk position taking, and with proficiency in Python and SQL. Want a job that pays, but don't understand the <laughs> words? I Shoot your shot at yeah. Indeed.com.
1: I thought you said Quan. Wasn't that from like White Men Can't Jump when no, Wesley Snipes says you're was, messing uh... with my Quan? Or what movie was no, that? that no, that's, oh, uh, that's uh,
2: Jerry Maguire. Jerry Maguire, yeah. yeah. Ah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, Rod and you know,
0: our starting left fielder. <laughs> yeah. Well, a quant is some sort of hedge fund thing, but, you know, we'll get to it. Anyway, we're going to get the show started. We'll stay at home in the land with our Guardians week cap, recapping the week for the Cleveland Guardians. And, well, that was a weird one. After a red-hot couple of weeks, the guards cooled down, splitting a series with the Tigers that included piss-poor umpiring, and the worst best six-run rally ever. The guards then rolled into a huge weekend series against the White Sox, split two games, and ended the series with a rainout, even though it didn't seem to rain at all during the afternoon. The Guardians finished the week 64-56, and a game and a half up on the Twins, and two and a half up on the White Sox in the Central. What is your takeaway from just a weird week of baseball? It was a weird week.
2: I I think my... The takeaway I had was they don't quit. They're never out of these games. And it looked bad. It looked ugly against Detroit. I mean, you split you split the the traditional doubleheader and that that was kind of a given, right? Like that's hard. That's hard. And it, they were both decent games. You come back and uh, lose the next game. So like, oh man, we're we're staring at a a one and three series potentially against the Detroit Tigers. We better, we better win this last game. And they looked terrible in that game until until the What was it? The eighth inning with two outs. They had four. They struck out four times in that inning and somehow scored six runs after uh, amassing their second out. So I think my biggest takeaway, that was one of the games that wasn't the only one, though. If you look back at this, the six game week or whatever, the games they won, not all of them, but two of the three, I think they didn't score their winning runs until the seventh inning or later. So this has become this team's kind of you know this is what they do this is their mo they they're they're never out and it's not the big hit either you you know it's they string together singles they throw in there a double a triple in there and and, you know pass ball and i'm safe at first and it it opens up the floodgates so they just don't quit at the end of games and all the more reason to to hope our our pitching staff just keeps it close i like our chances
1: Took away a few things from this week um Feel touched on. They're never out of a game. And maybe it's because they're just so young. They don't, they don't know how to just mail it in. I'm, I'm grateful for that. And that's why <laughs> I'm having a good time watching this team uh, because they're fun and they're young. But the biggest takeaway to me was I'm sort of happy today was it's rained out because I thought they might get stomped today. It just felt felt that way. Mm. It felt like this week was up and down. They weren't playing great baseball, even though they were getting really good pitching at times hitting wasn't there. So I thought, hey, I wasn't gonna be able to watch two things on the illegal app today. So I'm, I'm glad that, that they got rained out. Because I thought, you know, Chicago, even though man, they, Chicago plays really uninspired baseball sometimes. But I'm glad that game got rained out today. Because I felt that You know, if they're going on this road trip, it would be better with um, them getting the day off instead of getting smashed.
0: I think what I took from it was, I'm really glad they don't play the Tigers anymore because (laughs) as bad as the Tigers are, they've been really hard on the Guardians all season. That, and I, I love the starting pitching. I mean, Tristan McKenzie's game on Friday night was so much fun to watch. You don't always see a game when you're watching on TV where you can just see how visibly impossible it is for the other team to hit a curveball. I, I, what what he was throwing with the stuff that he had Friday night was just ridiculous. That was a lot of fun. Uh, I didn't get to watch a lot of last night's game, but like looking at the numbers, Bieber had a great start and pitched really well. They just ran into Cueto was just unhittable, um, the same way Tristan was the night before. So, I mean, that's, that's going to happen. I really would have loved for them to have played today. Uh, I would have loved for them to had a shot to take two of three, gain even more space on the White Sox. They would have ended up getting another full game instead of a half game on the twins because the twins lost today. So I would have liked for them to have played good for a young team to be able to kind of handle the ups and downs of, of a strange week and, and still come out playing pretty well and still come out in first place, which is great. Let's talk, mvg our most valuable guard of the week here are my suggestions obviously if you guys have somebody else toss them in first one little steven van kwan hit 385 (laughs) 10 hits and unforgettable perfect finger guns after his triple (laughs) on friday night (laughs) as i mentioned tristan mckenzie one and oh he pitched seven innings he had 14 k's he only gave up two runs next one james Karinchek. Three and a third innings this week, six Ks, nobody scored any runs. Last one, Luke Malley, one home run and the best strikeout of the season. He also hit 308 last week. Mm. Who's your MVG for the week?
1: All excellent choices. And I got to, you know, as, as much as we bagged on the catchers, they've actually done pretty well since the All Star break. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Mackenzie seems like the easiest choice because it was a dynamite start and 14 Ks is unbelievable. And so actually had a good start and had 10 Ks. And it's a guy that you don't, you, like Phil normally goes to and I don't. I think Quan just because he's had such a great year, if he hit more home runs, he'd probably be a shoe in for rookie of the year. But uh, a guy who's constantly on base and scores a lot of runs. So I think Kwan seemed to be on base a lot, so I think I'm going to give it to him mostly because I never pick outfielders because Phil's so biased and
2: picks them all the time. <laughs> I, I just really like leadoff hitters. I don't know what you're talking about. Like, That's yeah. that. <laughs> um, yes, that as well. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> um, no, those are all great options. It, it was it was a weird week, but a good week for a lot of the a lot of the young guys. Um, I'll add one to the mix. I I, I think Oscar Gonzalez had a ridiculous yeah, week. The he dude did. Hit five yep. doubles, <laughs> five doubles in six games, and and hit like three ninety something. I think. So he he and Quan were kind of what I was looking at offensively uh, for what they did, and maybe maybe I give it to the young the young bats right. Uh, Gonzalez, Quan, and then Jimenez had eight hits, and he he was clutch all week. These close yeah. games he was in the middle of rallies with two outs and he would, he would just get the ball in play or, and player and hit that, get that base hit, hit that double, whatever. So those three guys, but I'll, I'll lean towards the big O I think I'm going to give it to Oscar. That's uh that's impressive. Five doubles in six games.
0: Yeah. You're starting to see that guy hit for the power that we thought he might have that he wasn't when he first came up, which is scary. Cause some of those doubles are home runs. If the wind is blowing the right direction, you know I mean? He's hammering the ball. I think he struck out a bunch this week. That's why I didn't put him on the list. I'm going with McKenzie just because that was so much fun to watch on Friday night. They obviously needed that win the way the rest of the weekend went, man. That was a pretty important win for him to get. And he's just been lights out his what? Five straight starts. He's just been incredible. And we're, we're starting to see the guy we always hoped he was going to be. There's always a little bit of something with him where I wondered if he was a guy who was ready to pitch in big games And when that game started on Friday, you're like, hey, God, I don't know. Maybe he doesn't have it because he looked terrible in the first inning. And then all of a sudden, man, flipped the switch and was untouchable for the next six innings. I'm giving mine to McKenzie. He gets my MVG for the week. Let's look ahead to next week. Guards head out West for a bunch of games that I trust will happen late at night, but I won't see with my own eyes. A quick two game set in San Diego and then four against the Mariners in Seattle. So they have six games on the road against two probable playoff teams. Would you be okay with a two and four week? Nope, I would not. We
2: talked about this. This guardians team plays well against teams with winning records. So I know that's a hard kind of West coast swing, but come out of that trip three and three, that would make me feel okay. Two and four would I don't know. That might, we might relinquish the first place spot if we go two and four on this uh, upcoming swing.
1: I wouldn't be okay with it either. The Padres had the greatest trade deadline in the history of trade deadlines, and they're six and 10 since then, and they're losing the teams under 500. So you would think the Guardians could probably split if not take both and and again a young team that hopefully isn't affected by the cross-country trip and late night games or whatever but yeah I'd be I'd be really disappointed if you're only looking at two
0: wins I don't think I'd be that disappointed man like it's tough to head out there on the west coast and play games you're playing two good teams you're playing teams that belong probably in the playoffs if you can't split them you know and you only end up you know two games under 500 for the week against good teams in their parks I don't think I'd be that upset about it. Obviously don't want to see it happen because I think you're right. Possible if they go two and four, they're not in first place the next time the three of us talk. I think it's kind of realistic to think that a week like that might be coming against some pretty good teams. We'll see. I hope you guys are right and I am wrong. I hope you guys are onto something and I am on something. But that will conclude our Guardians week cap for this week. Let's roll into 13 Shades of Brown our 13-week preview of the Browns' upcoming season, and there are only two weeks to go before the NFL season starts and the Browns play their first game. They played a preseason game at home in Cleveland against the Eagles today. Give me your one-word hot take on today's preseason game. That's not my word. <laughs> that was my response. <laughs> <laughs> no, you use it. That's it. Chuck, you're up. <laughs> Damn it i'm just kidding Go
2: on. <laughs> now that might that might work
0: out actually
2: uh, one one word hot take that's two words damn it um how about backups
1: <laughs> i had much longer to think about it too and I, my, my one word is but i have to expand on it is is why why are no starters playing at all this preseason why why is
0: everybody sitting so i'm just gonna say why probably because our starting center went out three plays into the first game he was playing in (laughs) and say probably figured it was a good idea my one word hot take is york a kicker is making the preseason exciting man i think this is the first time i've ever watched the fourth quarter of a preseason game in large part because that dude might have gotten a chance to kick and he did and he missed that 55 yarder but everybody in cleveland loves this guy (laughs) (laughs) we've never been this excited about a kicker before so that's my One word hot take, York. We've come to the time in the show that we have waited for since March 25th, 2022, the day Deshaun Watson signed with the Cleveland Browns. Deshaun Watson is almost suspended. Once it kicks in, he is out 11 games and some pocket change. And that's all I have to say about that. I think there's been enough coverage about this. There's been enough talk about it. I don't think we have anything that really needs to be added right now. Let's move on because it's Jacoby Brissett time. Let's see what the Browns have to actually start the season at quarterback. Jacoby the Jackal has a career 14 and 23 record, 36 TDs, and 17 interceptions for his career. Jacoby Juan Kenobi had two seasons where he started 15 games for the Colts. He was 4 and 11 in 2017, he was 7 and 8 in 2019. That was the season right after andrew luck retired unexpectedly so Brissett jumped in and took over that team that season and now hear me out during that 2019 season bringing it Brissett led the colts to a six and five record in their first 11 games besides a sweet ass nickname what does Brissett need to do to keep the browns in playoff contention
1: turn and hand would be the good thing hand, hand off a lot of balls to our stellar running back core but also probably make throws um everything you know like i've I've heard enough about him I, i just haven't seen him play in a browns uniform that he can make all the nfl throws and he has a good completion percentage and he has a great arm and sometimes he doesn't take the long shot when he should that's fine i just think he has to be better than a game manager for for this team to not disappoint us it feels like it's already been a long season and nothing has happened yet for the browns so not like I'm looking for a vanilla offense. Um, I I just think much like they could have did last year. You have to protect him with his skill set, And unfortunately I haven't seen much of it because he hasn't played much in the preseason. I didn't really watch the Colts that year to know how good he was or how good he wasn't. So I'm hoping, you know, run heavy and then make
0: throws when he has to.
2: What was the question? What do I expect out of Brissett? What do I hope for?
0: What does he need to do to keep the Browns in playoff contention for those first 11 games?
2: Uh, Well, I agree with Chuck. He has to be, slightly more than a game manager. I, I don't think that gets it done. I, I think if he's a game manager through those 11 games and, you know, you can play the schedule game all you want, but you look at those 11 games, it starts easy and then it gets really hard, really fast after the first four and pretty much the next seven that he's got to play in are, are rough. So um he's got to be a little bit more than a game manager because I think six and five has to be the goal, right? At, at that point in the season, I think you're probably still in it. You're going to have to win a lot of your remaining games to stay in it my fear is if he's just a game manager and that team finds itself for any number of reasons we've seen this in the past few seasons where it's just a weather game or whatever where the team finds itself down or close to a team that you expected to beat i don't i haven't seen him yet so i don't know can he can he take this team down the field when you've got like a minute 40 and one time out and you've got all these weapons around you. Can you, can you move that team? And, and I don't know. I, I, you think that's going to, that's going to happen in 11 games. And that's my fear is those close games. Can we end up on top? He's going to win the turnover margin. So that's helpful. Maybe we're going to rely on our defense to win us some games down the stretch there too. I don't know.
0: The thing that jumped out to me in a positive way, was 36 TDs compared to 17 interceptions like it's nice to think okay if the guy's throwing twice as many TDs in his career as as interceptions that's pretty nice at least you know he's not going to lose you the game but he is probably going to have to come in there and win mm-hmm. he's got to be the reason they win maybe two of those games Yep. like we can rely on the defense to do it and I'm I'm certain they will this is a team that despite having the best running game in the league last year starts a lot of series with two passes. And I'm really hoping that that changes. Like, I think it's time to, you got to ride the running backs a little bit to make it easier for this guy to be successful. And I guess the the other hard part might be, and we're going to get to it in the coming weeks before the season starts, he might not have the best people in the world to throw to. And that's going to be a challenge, I think, too. I guess we get to see him next week. I guess the, the plan is for him to play a lot in that final preseason game. So I guess that's the opportunity to see what's this guy going to be like. And hopefully it's athletic with a good arm, good decision-making, and he can make a ton of huge plays to win football games. And maybe when we come to week 12, there's a quarterback controversy in Cleveland. Who do we want? Jacoby Brissett or Deshaun Watson? We'll see what happens. (laughs) Any chance at all that Josh Rosen takes over third string from Josh Dabin Dobbs? Uh, no way. Not,
2: not after what we saw today. Not, not after what we've seen these past few weeks. I am I, I try not to get too excited about what I see with the twos and threes out there, but uh, uh, Dobbs looks fantastic. I mean, the, the, he, he had the ball four times and scored on all four possessions today. I'm like, well, this hasn't happened in Cleveland Browns quarterbacking in quite some time. <laughs> He, I think he's squarely the backup to Brissett, and then eventually the third stringer, short of an injury, knock on wood. Um, I don't see Rosen. I, I think uh, we get to retire Josh Rosen's 19 pretty soon. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> There's no way. The longer he played, the worse he looked today. Again, the guy who was a top 10 pick, I think, right? Or top 15 at least. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they, they he's not here this week, but yeah, I'm, I'm with Phil. Like Dobbs has been beyond impressive and a guy who never really played in Pittsburgh, like hardly ever saw the field and is extremely athletic and extremely intelligent, uh, when I watch the parts of the game that they see, like, he learned the playbook very quickly. So, man, I don't know if I've ever been excited about a third string quarterback, but I feel better about him than I do Big Dick Nick or uh, <laughs> God, Hoga, like Hogan from Stanford when he was our third stringer. So, he's my favorite God. third string quarterback, maybe in Browns history. How about that?
0: Oh, man, that's that's perfect. I've got nothing to add. to that uh except that i have a feeling that we're all on the same page that josh rosen probably hangs out until watson gets back and then that that's the end of his time in a browns uniform because i don't if they're going to keep three quarterbacks which i'm sure they will there's absolutely no reason not to keep dobbs he's been a lot of fun to watch so far but fellas we're going to end our 13 shades of brown segment there we're going to take our first break we're going to come back hit the road, and talk some uh, NFL storylines. Welcome back, fellas, to our second segment. We'll head out on the road, and let's talk NFL storylines, and let's take a look at teams that might be ready to make a leap this year to get into the playoffs. So these are teams that were not playoff teams last year that maybe have a shot to get in we're going to go through a few different teams, but we're going to apply our from the land rare air scale. So a scale of one to five, one being my vertical leap at a spry 45 years old, five being Michael Jordan dunking from the foul line. So that's your scale. We're going to apply to each of these teams and whether or not they can make the leap. Do we understand the scale?
2: Can't make the leap Gerber yeah. can make the leap. Jordan. <laughs> one yeah.
0: bad five. Good. <laughs> I got it. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's start down in Miami with the Dolphins. With any luck this year, they're not trying to lose on purpose. Maybe Tua is good. Uh, they added Tyree Kill. The defense is okay and was maybe kind of good by the end of last season. So rare air scale one to five. Miami Dolphins making the leap.
2: I need to set the stage here a little bit. There are three wildcard teams this year, correct? I believe that's the thing. Like there's three... Three wild last year sure. right yeah, yeah right, right right yeah so that has not changed I'm, the Dolphins they're not going to win that division that's Buffalo's division to lose I'm going to give them like a two <laughs> it's it's there's some hope but I think that hope fades as they get into the latter half of the season
1: it's a three it's, it's a, the same issue that most NFL teams that you're saying right now are facing is Tua going to play really well because they have Bring in Tyreek Hill. You have Jalen Waddell who had a great year last year, whoever their tight end is. I can't remember his name, had a hell of a season as well. So it's, you know, it kind of falls on Tua's shoulders. So I think it's leaning towards the rare air, but uh it's a three. I just don't buy it.
0: I, I think <laughs> wow, I think Tua sucks. <laughs> I, I just don't think he's ever shown anything that shows that he's gonna be like a good, consistent passer that's going to like lead that team to a bunch of wins it's a tough division they've got a new head coach the the regime change is there that's a problem there's I don't know I don't buy it with the Dolphins they're a one I, I definitely don't think they're making the leap to the playoffs next one New Orleans Saints rolling with Jameis Winston at quarterback which seems like an odd choice except for the fact that he actually played pretty well last year until he got hurt They've got Michael Thomas back at wide receiver. They had the fourth ranked overall defense in the NFL last season. So new Orleans saints, rare air making the leap or no. Mm. They have a lot of weapons. Brown and Landry's
1: there. Right. And Kamara is really good in their defense. Yep. I guess, again, I guess I'm going to say the same again. It's a carbon copy here of my, Miami with a better defense. Uh, I'm going to say it's a three because again, falls on Winston, but Shit, wasn't there a game last threw for like 500 yards? So he yeah. has talent. Just sometimes he shits down his leg and throws seven interceptions. But I like their chances better than I like the Dolphins, but I'm still going to sit him at a three.
2: I think three feels right for the Saints. Uh, it's, I definitely like their chances better than the Dolphins, but I think you've got a starting quarterback. As your starting quarterback, he has started in the NFL, so that's a plus. But th- yeah, the dude could throw 30 picks before the – the bye week i think so i don't know man I, I think they're in a again similar to the dolphins they're not going to win that division so this is, you're looking at a wild card spot right like you're you're looking at the wild card spot and in the nfc that that depending on what the nfc east does i think maybe the east is finally past everyone going uh one game under 500 like you've got some decent teams in it now do
0: we believe the uh, east is going to be good this year yeah,
2: i don't know <laughs> but maybe a wild card team or at least someone threatens the wild card position out of that division, uh, unlike the past five years. So I don't know. I I think a three is about right. Like they, they could, but it really falls heavily on Jameis Winston's shoulder and how that, how that
0: goes. I think I'm about a three with these guys too. A a lot based on that defense and the fact that I'm, I'm kind of rooting for Jameis Winston, because he might throw 30 picks in the season, but he's going to throw like 45 touchdowns too. He's so weirdly, productive guy who's also super terrible you just don't see that a lot in the <laughs> nfl I'm, I'm with you on about a three i i think i put them at a place where i'd say like god i wouldn't be shocked if they snuck into the playoffs but at the same time doesn't seem like they're quite ready and and maybe don't have quite all the answers all right next one jacksonville jaguars it's possible they have a better coach than they did last season i mean anything's possible uh, it's the second year for Trev Lawrence. Travis Etienne is back and healthy this year. And at a minimum, they've got a badass defensive line there. So is Jacksonville in a spot to make a leap into the playoffs?
2: Nope. It's a one for me. I don't believe in Jacksonville. I, I think they're on their way maybe to building a good team around their, their supposed franchise quarterback, but they're, they're still a year and an off season away from scratching the playoffs, I think.
1: I'm at a two. I think Trevor Lawrence takes a step this year. I don't think he's generational like they shoved down our throats when he was in college. I don't know if he's that guy, but I think he becomes a better quarterback this year and they do have some weapons and their defense is okay. But that that franchise has consistently been a mess, kind of like shadows our Browns for, for quite some
0: time. So I'm going to say it's a two. Probably a little bit far off. I will tell you, that when I watched the first preseason game and I had to watch it with the Jacksonville feed, I got to see all of Trevor Lawrence local Jacksonville commercials during the breaks. And he's, he's pretty good. He's, he's a charismatic robot. He was all right. He's got some leadership potential there. I think having ATN back is going to be something interesting to watch. I think that's where they might also see a lot of improvement because that dude was a stud in college. Got to think if he's healthy coming back and having a big year. Indianapolis Colts Matt Ryan is their quarterback now they still have Jonathan Taylor at running back it was the 10th ranked defense in the NFL last year are the Colts making a leap to the playoffs it
1: seems like this is the third year in a row where they're just plugging in a quarterback that had some success with another franchise and Matt Ryan's always been a really good quarterback but it feels like two years ago, Philip Riversy, you know, a guy who has a, a good arm and had success and they brought him in, but I think he's better than Carson Wentz was last year. And if you're playing, if you're not on auto draft, like we are for fantasy football, you should be taking Jonathan Taylor as your first pick if you have it. And it's not like it's it's an okay division, man. I can't go above a three there. I just, I just don't know. And I'm not sure with Matt Ryan. I still think there's some left in the tank for him and shit. What are we talking about? Maybe he could play for the Browns for a year, you know, like. I'm at I'm at a three. There's just been no consistency under center for three years, even though you're bringing in names of guys who've had success before.
2: I'll push this one a little higher. I'll give it a four. Uh, I think Tennessee wins that division, and the Colts come in second. So it's all about how many wins does Indianapolis amass? Can they get into a, one of those those wild card spots? And we're thinking like that's a ten and seven record, right? Something around those uh, nine wins, line. ten wins, probably. yeah, 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 sure. right because they get to play Houston twice, they get to play Jacksonville twice. Can they split with Tennessee and then maybe they get to their 10 wins and that could be a wild card team. I, I'll give them a four.
0: Of all these teams that we've talked about so far, I, I think the Colts probably have the best shot uh, just because Carson Wentz is not real good. And the Colts were almost a playoff team last year. And so I don't know how much Matt Ryan has left in the tank, but it's a guy who's been to a super bowl. And so he knows how to play in big games and stuff like that. But good defense, good running game should get you nine to ten wins in the season. So I, I I think the Colts are a possibility. All right. Get ready for this one. The Baltimore Ravens. Healthier than last year. Lamar Jackson playing for a contract. Just a bunch of assholes who somehow seem to always be good. Are The Ravens making the leap to be a playoff team. Yeah, man. This is... To me, I think the the Ravens are, are winning the division if
1: they stay healthy. So I'm real butthurt right now. <laughs> I would put it a five. I don't know if they like make a leap. It seems like they've been leaping to the playoffs for their entire existence. So they're gonna be a good team, man. It's a five.
2: Yeah, it's a it's a five for me because I have them winning our division. I, I they're, they're gonna win the division barring any kind of catastrophic injury to any of their their players. Um, I feel like they win the division and then. Hopefully it's a battle between Cleveland and Cincinnati for that second spot and maybe a wild card spot. So yeah, five for Baltimore. That sucks.
0: (laughs) I would put it at only a four because there is still real potential for the Bengals and the Browns to have good seasons and they're going to be tough games, for the Ravens whenever they play them and it could shake out a little bit like it did last year where you've got three good teams in the division and somebody's going to be the odd man out and fingers crossed it's those guys moving on to something a little bit more positive which first round pick are you most excited to see play this season second pick Aiden Hutchinson Detroit Lions defensive end 10th pick Garrett Wilson New York Jets wide receiver 11th pick Chris Olave Saints wide receiver or sixth pick Icky Ekwonu Panthers offensive tackle
2: <laughs> man I was leaning towards one of the Buckeyes wide receivers until you said the uh the, <laughs> until you brought up the icky shuffle I was like all right can, if every pancake block he performs can he do the icky shuffle I want to watch that guy play all I hope year so. yeah that would be fantastic most excited of that list that's um that's tough like I you know what I'm I'm actually kind of interested to see what Hutchinson does up in Detroit like the dude his he's, he's a rookie and he's kind of already like commanded the focus of that of that preseason up there and he's I don't know how good he is um mean, he played for Michigan so okay you know he kind of wrecked it for a couple seasons in the big 10 but I don't know is he is he another Bosa like kind of kind of end or or not uh I'm interested to see what he does in Detroit maybe that's the spark they need to start winning more than they lose but I don't know I don't know.
1: It's him for me too. And and, and probably because I'm watching, (laughs) I'm watching the the thing on HBO. I'm watching hard knocks. And he seems to be like a, not only really well put together football player, but a human being. And that guy's going to get a lot of sponsorship deals. Um, He has a lot of personality, the the stuff they're showing there. Like he he doesn't look like a rookie when he's either practicing or he's on the field. And, and I, I think we can all agree. And I know we do a lot on this show, but like, It's about time. I'd like to see the Lions turn it around. I want to root for the Lions. So I'm not going to go out of my... I mean, I'll I'll check box scores to see how the Ohio State receivers did. But if the Lions are on, I'm probably going to try to watch them, even though they probably won't be on (laughs) ever in my my region.
0: They will be on every Sunday (laughs) where I live. And we're three for three. I'm, I'm on Hutchinson, too. I think the Lions weren't as bad last year as their record showed. I think that team is is starting to turn it around a little bit. Not enough to have gotten into our prior conversation about making a leap into the playoffs, but I'd like to see them play well, and I'd like to see that guy play well. So uh, go Lions, go Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, It will forever be hilarious that we all know how important an offensive tackle is, but we're never going to be excited to see him play. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But enough football. Let's, Let's talk a little bit before we wrap this up about some baseball are the Yankees in trouble 10 and 20 since the all-star break their lead in the east which was at one point unsurmountable is now eight games which is still plenty but you're in striking distance if you're the Toronto Blue Jays Giancarlo Stanton has been on the IL for a while I think he starts making rehab starts this week the bullpen has also been shaky from the break is this a slump or something hopefully worse. You know, I don't hate the Yankees as much as everybody
1: else, but it feels kind of ugly like a team that was just running through everybody up until the all-star break. And then I don't know how the wheels came off, but I, I did see, it. I don't know, I was I was half in and out holding my newborn. I'm like the 3 a.m. Sports Center, and it seemed like their manager was losing it in the press conference. So if that's happening, you know there's something going on. Yeah. there. Yeah, like something real shitty's happening there. Eight games is not insurmountable, you know. Like at right now, there's still forty some games left. I think. I like them, but am I enjoying the the implosion? Yeah, because we thought it was a done deal that, that yeah. these guys are going to roll through the American League and, and go to the World Series. So I'll smirk a little bit if, if, they, if they do end up imploding.
0: Uh, one other thing to add is I think the Astros now have a four-game lead on them for the best record in the AL. So all of a sudden, you're not getting to the World Series going through New York. You're going to have to go through Houston, which is a tough place to play. I think it's probably
2: a slump. I, I would. I I wish it wasn't. I wish it was the. Uh, you'd hate to see this kind of stuff, right? You just hate, it. Uh,
0: <laughs> I hate to see it happen to anybody. Yeah, yeah right? Especially the. Uh,
2: I would love to see them continue on the, uh, the the same trajectory. This this ten and twenty slump, but I, I almost feel like a team like the Yankees. This is something they have to endure in a season where it didn't seem like they were they were struggling with anything, right? There was no struggle. There was a just get us to the playoffs. It's like the the Cavs with the LeBron in the LeBron era. Like, all right, this whole yeah. regular season doesn't mean shit. Get us to the playoffs and we'll be fine. Usually in baseball, if that happens, that team gets bounced in like the first round, right? Like they're like, they had no struggle all season long. And all of a sudden like, Oh shit, we just lost the, you know, best of five series or whatever. Um, but I, I feel like what this might do for a team like the Yankees is, increase their chances of winning the whole thing if they rebound from it, because then they had that adversity. They got through it. They've got all the talent in the world and they'll just start mowing people over, but I'm going to hope like hell it's the other way or other way for us. You know, why not?
0: (laughs) The only thing I would say is that it seems like it's getting a little bit long to just be a slump. That's 30 games we're talking about where they've dropped two thirds of them. That's a lot. So I don't know. I hope it stays this way and they end up not making the playoffs. That'd be great. All right, hey, you remember last year when we made fun of Albert Pujols and thought he was done? In the last week, he's hit five home runs, and he hit 536 during that time. Scale of one to five. One being getting your wisdom teeth pulled, five being one-on-one spin the bottle with mid-90s Jennifer Aniston. How badly do you want Pujols to hit five more home runs and pass A-Rod for fourth all-time? Well, That's a five. <laughs> that's a five. that's a five
2: for sure. So five more home runs and he passes a rod. Right. So I like it. Yeah, absolutely. Let's see if he can't get that done this week. (laughs) Come on, Albert. Let's, let's do that. Hitting home runs is hard.
1: (laughs) It's a five and he might get to it this week. The way, I mean, he hit two last yesterday, I think, or the day before the night before. Uh, And I always now feel good when you see an older gentleman, as we are in the twilight, I guess, of our sporting career, even though we never made it anywhere like he has. Right. Uh, You know, like he's, he's, he's a, he's like two or three years younger than us and he's still performing at a high level. And i like to, other than John Elway, I like to root for those guys when
0: it happens to them. Yeah. I'm pretty deep into the twilight of my athletic career. (laughs)
1: Man, you're still running like half marathons and five K's.
0: I'm not sure I can see like the daylight from the twilight (laughs) (laughs) that I'm in right now. I'm in
2: the midnight of my career.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, fellas, we're going to wrap it up there. Take our final break. Come back off the field and talk some entertainment stuff. Welcome back fellows to our final segment. We'll head off the field and last week it was announced that hedge fund Third Point purchased a 1 billion dollar stake in Disney. Third Point is led by activist investor Daniel Loeb who is expected to shake things up at the entertainment giant. So, let's travel to the self-proclaimed happiest place on earth you imagine the egos on these guys (laughs) and talk some disney uh we'll start first with a stat line which is pretty damn impressive uh founded in 1923 by high school dropout and failed vacuum cleaner salesman walt disney the walt disney company now has annual revenues in the two billion dollar range walt alone won 26 oscars and was nominated 59 times Disney now owns and operates 12 theme parks with about 40 million visitors a year. They also have four cruise ships. Obviously, Mickey Mouse is the iconic character. He was born on November 18th, 1928. He's also an Academy Award winner and is the most popular name used for writing in a candidate on a ballot. Finally, and we're going to get to it in a minute, Disney basically owns about half of all the stuff that we like. One of the big changes that is supposed to come now that this hedge fund has such a big stake in Disney is a plan to spin off ESPN into a separate entity no longer owned and controlled by Disney. The reasoning seems to be that Disney's in-house rules may be limiting what ESPN is allowed to do in the gambling realm, but it sure doesn't seem like it to me. I mean, other than having announcers place bets live during the broadcast, what more can ESPN do to promote gambling in sports?
2: (laughs) Have announcers place bets live within their
0: broadcast. I guess that's about it, right? Like other than that. Yeah, you're right. I don't know. Do you think they need to spin off ESPN in order to talk about gambling during sports?
1: I don't think they need to spin it off, but the only thing they're really not doing is how lines change in game um, and maybe that's you know like you're seeing at least on nfl countdown or whatever you're seeing point spreads and over-unders and what you should be taking and the fantasy leaning end of it I, I, I have no idea how they could do more gambling to be honest but i'm sure they'll find a way
0: yeah i mean i think they've got odds on just about everything i mean you don't see them post like a preview for something like even like a ufc fight they give you yep. the odds for the yep. fighters they give you all the lines and stuff like that for these games I think we, we kind of touched upon this some last week. Gambling is now a central part of big time sports and ESPN's already doing it. So I don't know what the heck Disney is so afraid about. That could be a big change. I think if ESPN, which has probably been owned by Disney for 20 years, uh, is no longer under that umbrella, but enough talk in sports. We've done a lot of that tonight already. Let's get to some real Disney talk. Best Disney cartoon character. Other than Mickey or that smoke show mini, because those are too easy. Here's our list uh, Woody from the Toy Story movies, the genie from Aladdin, Winnie the Pooh, Donald Duck, Jiminy Cricket.
1: There's so many characters, so I'm gonna have to pick from this list. Um, I think it's if we're, we're just talking about the, the actual illustrated Aladdin, uh, yes. not the Will Smith yeah. Aladdin. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna go with that I one because think we're that's to talk my about icon. That one Right, yeah, that's that's my icon on uh, my my Disney app is, is the genie from Aladdin. I can remember specifically at Chagrin Cinema standing in the back of that theater watching it and going, this is the first cartoon movie that is really not for kids. Like the jokes, it's it's there for kids, but it went overheads and that, that to me was a, a big shift. And maybe just because I was older and maybe there were jokes for adults in the previous ones that I didn't get. But yeah, Robin Williams... He, I assume he freestyled probably 80% of those lines and they just kind of did it. But uh, yeah, I love that character. I love that movie. So I'm going with the genie.
2: My two favorite on your list are the genie from Aladdin and Winnie the Pooh. And they both hold a special place in my heart for different reasons, but I'm going to give it to the genie because it's Robin Williams. I remember being dragged to see that in the theater with my family because my brother is six years younger than us and he wanted to see it. And I'm like, fuck, oh, you know, I'm, I'm going to a Disney movie. Like, all right, like, all right, well, whatever. And I think I loved it. Like, I liked it better than anybody in in my family. And I've seen it a million times since. And Robin Williams, because he is, the, I cannot imagine anyone else being the genie other than what he brought to that. So that's iconic to me and it's 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 funny to say because that's a even though that goes back to what the mid 90s that's still a fairly modern disney character relative to your donald duck and your mickey mouse and your winnie the pooh and those kind of things winnie the pooh just makes me laugh man i watched winnie the pooh with my kids growing up like they, they that show i i'll still pull it that show is good it's funny and but the, the adult humor And Robin Williams' involvement with Aladdin is
0: is it for me. Aladdin was the first of like the new age of Disney movies. It was the first one of these that's going to be, okay, every two years or something like that, they're coming out with like another blockbuster cartoon and it's going to be a huge movie and there's going to be huge merchandising around it and it's going to be voiced by celebrities and stuff like that and every little kid is going to want to see it. Maybe I'm remembering it wrong, I don't know. But I, I remember Aladdin being the first one of those and i'm with you guys on the genie too because it's such an iconic thing and it's robin williams woody from toy story is really close though i mean those were really entertaining really good movies chuck that's one of the first ones i remember being in the theater uh, when i was working at chagrin cinema although lion king was in theater eight on my first day i remember that end of the run for the lion king yeah. once you got to theater eight you were almost yeah. done but the the toy story movies i remember being pretty big and i'd like those movies but I, I guess i give it to the genie because i have a feeling when toy story first came out it might have been before disney owned pixar yes i'm not sure they sure. owned it for yet. sure right. yeah so it's not technically doesn't start as a disney movie i guess so i'm going with the the genie from aladdin too. there we go three for three all right best thing disney owns First one, Marvel Entertainment, including Marvel Studios, Lucasfilms Limited, you know, Star Wars, Fox Entertainment Group. They own all the good stuff from Fox. 20th Century Fox, Fox Sports, and FX. And as we said, they own ESPN. And last one, the Buena Vista Construction Company. (laughs) (laughs) Chuck, what's the best thing Disney owns? Oh man. They
1: own everything. Mouse owns everything. Yeah. Personal preference, um, the Marvel stuff. And and Phil's different than me. Phil read comic books as a kid. I never read comic books. I wasn't into it. And I didn't think I would be into these movies, but I have been so much so that um, I looked forward to them all coming out. And now it seems like maybe too much is coming out. There's too much content because of the app. They were so enjoyable and they give fans exactly what they want. They make fans happy. I'm going to go with the Marvel. And, and I, I think a lot of people will be Star Wars, but I was, I was never a Star Wars guy. Uh, I liked them, but didn't love them. So it's Marvel. It's Marvel for sure. For me.
2: Buena Vista construction company. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I think uh, this is tough. I, Personally, I'm, I'm a huge Star Wars fan and I'm a huge Marvel comic book fan too. So I, I go to my Disney Plus app for those two things with my boys and myself a lot. But between those two, I'm going to lean towards the Marvel thing for a different reason. I, they have found some sort of like golden calf here, some cash cow that is just, there's no stopping this where they, they try to do the same thing with Star Wars. And it, it works a little bit with the feature films, but it I don't know if it's working with all the other stuff and the merchandising, these kind of things. Star Wars fans, because they're all our age, tend to hate the Disney Star Wars stuff because we're old and get off my lawn with your new Star Wars shit. I like it. It's good. But that's the problem, I think, there. Whereas Marvel, there's a whole generation of people younger than us that have lived. I mean, the Marvel Cinematic Universe started... And now these people have grown up through it, you know, and that's what, that's what they know. They don't have to ever pick up a comic book like I did as a kid and my boys love it. They've never read a comic book yet, you know, not at this point. And they love all the stuff that Marvel puts out. So I feel like that's probably the best thing they own for just perpetuating this enormous cash cow type thing.
0: I guess I would have leaned towards Lucasfilms just because I'm a much bigger Star Wars fan. Than Marvel fan, although I'm really not that big a fan of either one of those. It's tough not to go with like the Fox Entertainment stuff because there's so much. Like, think about how many good TV shows have been on FX, and Disney owns that. So tough call. I'm going to go with Lucas Films just because I I, I've always liked the Star Wars movies more than than the comic book stuff. So uh, it's all pretty impressive, man. um, To to build a company that owns this much stuff that we consume on a regular basis is is nuts obviously disney plus their streaming thing is is their next big move it has actually been a money loser to date for them although i'm sure that's going to change but is she hulk attorney at law the answer to disney plus's problems
2: hell yeah i watched the first episode (laughs) um no it's not it's not the answer (laughs) but i did watch the first episode and, and for me in my house on thursdays that's appointment tv whatever the new marvel show is i'm gonna watch it as it comes out and you know what I, I was watching it and i thought yeah this is this is the uh this is how gerbs gets into the marvel entertainment right like she's a, she's an attorney the she's an attorney who hulks out let's let's get gerber does she fight in the courtroom well i don't want spoiler alert the first episode i don't it it would appear so yes coming up but Well, I know you're kidding. That is not the answer. No, uh, for them losing money. I think the answer really is, uh, and as a Disney plus subscriber, they continue to hike up my, my monthly rate every so often. So, so eventually it won't be a money loser because they've got enough subscribers. And if it's, it was like $7 a month when it started and now it's twice that, you know, like, all right, you know, it'll, uh, it'll all balance out eventually.
0: Chuck, what's your take on She-Hulk Attorney at Law? (laughs) I haven't watched it yet. Oh, it was
2: fun. It was good.
1: My son made me laugh out loud because in the morning we got up two days ago and he wanted to watch uh, Moana. And I went to the Disney app and the big She-Hulk is there at all times. And he looked at it and looked at me and went green mommy. (laughs) <laughs> so yes. uh so yeah and he continued to say it even when my wife came downstairs so i don't know if it was the answer but it made, it made me it made me laugh out loud
0: that's pretty funny i don't know she hulk attorney at law is proof that we've either run out of ideas for lawyer shows or we've run out of ideas for marvel shows or both that's a no, really no, weird it's just premise the time and- for them
2: both to come together we've had enough of both here <laughs> we go <laughs> all
0: right god all right Animated character you'd most want to date? Jasmine from Aladdin? Ariel from The Little Mermaid? Jennifer Rabbit or Pocahontas? Oh, okay. This is
2: this is uh, not a good question. No, it's not. Uh, I'll
0: wait till the next one. Oh no.
1: I'm not taking away anything from any of them. They're all very attractive illustrations. Yeah, really and, I re- and I respect each of them equally. Um, <laughs> But me being of uh, Arab descent, I guess I have to go. Damn it. I was, was going to take that from Aladdin.
2: The <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I, they're animated. I don't know about animal characters. That's weird. I'm not going that that, that way, right? So you gave me uh, Jasmine from Aladdin. The Little Morbeta. Uh, yeah. Officially. Officially. Jennifer Mermaid, Rabbit and Pocahontas. Jennifer and Pocahontas. All right. So um, of those four... I, I was going to lean towards jasmine as well because I, I feel like that's just there there's something there. I I, I like the, the, the middle what is it? I don't know. David I don't know. <laughs> I spent I spent a lot of time I spent a lot of time around Lebanese folks in my in my formative years, be it Chuck's family and then later in in, in my life with my my in-laws and there's and i've been to the middle east there's just something about jasmine it's it's
0: she's relatable she seems yeah. accessible i guess you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah like yeah, yeah.
2: i i yeah. i i think uh i think we could probably have a good time on a date in like an open air market
0: <laughs> first of all you've got to take ariel out because the deep on the boys has completely changed the way i could ever view a a like half human half fish person and what would go on so ariel's out for me, it's Jennifer Rabbit. That's even like the obvious choice, man. She's like the Marilyn Monroe of the Disney family. Um, so Jennifer Rabbit would be my choice. All right. I found this one on the internet. This was not my idea. List of hottest animal characters oh, damn it! <laughs> animated by Disney. <laughs> We're all going to lose our jobs. What are you doing? <laughs> all right. First one, uh, Maid Marion. She was literally a fox. Adult Simba from the Lion King. Although I feel like a lot of the attraction is probably based on his position as the Lion King, the beast from Beauty and the Beast, or Lady from Lady and the Tramp. What, what
2: (laughs) is the question? (laughs) (laughs) Better sex symbol?
0: Hottest animal character, (sighs) most attractive if that makes you feel better
2: about it. No, it it doesn't, but I have a, I have a clear cut favorite, believe it or not. (laughs) I don't know how I've come to this, but as I'm sitting here, it's Simba. It's Simba. He's a fucking lion, man. He's, he's, he is the king of the jungle. It's Simba. He is the sexiest of the animal characters.
1: (laughs) That's where I was leading beast looks too terrifying to be sexy when he's beast. You said there was a Fox in there. And I don't remember what was the last one. Remember,
0: you remember Peter Pan when they, not, yeah. um, no, not Peter Pan. What a moron I am. Robin. It's not Peter Robin. Pan. It's Robin. Hood. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
2: and then you said Tram? The dog Lady. from Lady from and the Tramp. Oh. Tram. she looks like a normal dog. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I, a, I, can't, I can't go anymore into <laughs> no. the weeds here. It's Simba. Oh, no.
0: What did he say? He said he disagrees. <laughs> She's a good-looking dog. <laughs> I'm going with Maid Marian just because I love any Robin Hood story. The one... They did with Foxes, uh, the one that Kevin Costner was in. Uh, I'm a big Robin Hood fan, so I'm going with Maid Marion as the most attractive animal character Disney has ever drawn. Thank Boys, God. thank God. We are out of time. <laughs> I am out of questions for now. And we just did the whole show without mentioning that Papa John's Pizza came out with crustless pizza this week. With that news that crustless pizza is just a gross-ass bowl of cheese and meat. I hope you guys have a great week and let's get together and do this again real soon.
2: Absolutely.
0: I feel like we covered Disney from all angles. Yeah, <laughs> I would feel say like so. We did. <laughs> Question, I feel, my I sexuality un... yeah. and like a...
2: I Feel rather uncomfortable. Yeah, <laughs> sweating. I could use a. I could use a stiffer drink than a Miller Light right now. <laughs> oh my God.
0: I couldn't believe, like I was Googling, like okay, well, like, who's like who's considered the most attractive Disney character? And then I, then like you know, two lines down was the uh most attractive animal characters. I was like what this can't be a thing <laughs> and real. sure as shit and there's a bunch of them I didn't mention a lot of them um <laughs> creepy creepy man I you guess you like did you, you
1: know, all Robin Hood so even Robin Hood men in Tights did yeah. you like that Robin Hood yes. it's Mel Brooks that's
0: yes. Mel Brooks right all <laughs> Robin Hood movies yeah, yeah. Dave listen, Chappelle uh, plays what's his name in that?
2: Yeah, Dave Chappelle. So there's
0: one that um uh the dude from Gladiator.
2: Yeah, Russell Crowe. Oh yeah, Russell right. Crowe was the yeah, yeah. one
0: that was not good. Um it's I mean listen, it's really what's really the Kevin Costner one is
1: cartoon, right? All the sport Disney sports movies as well that yeah. were
0: good. Gosh, yeah, I can't even a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Was was, I, the, was the hockey the Mighty the yeah. hockey movie? Was, Miracle's, a, Miracles Disney a Disney movie. Disney movie? Yeah. As was Mighty Ducks, was that's Mighty, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. I have to go with like Mighty Ducks 3 because I think Miller, sean <laughs> and I right. saw that at like the Geauga Cinema before they shut you know it what? down.
2: Was Sandlot a Disney movie? I don't think so. Nah, no. don't what about it might rookie?
0: be. The Rookie, well, the is, rookie is definitely yeah. a Disney movie. Oh, man, that would be mine then. That movie made me cry the first time I saw it.
2: I can't. I don't know how to answer this question. Not the rookie
0: so where the kid gets his arm surgery and he <laughs> can, can throw a super no, fastball with the <laughs> Cubs <laughs> when he's
2: pitching with the Cubs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Henry Bumgardner.
2: Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Henry well, that's Bumgardner. excellent. That's
1: yeah. That was a chagrin. Cinema theater ten oh, classic sure. it was in there yeah. forever. That's yeah. where yeah, I saw here. that
2: movie. Is that? The God,
1: Gary Busey wasn't he the he was. first baseman?
2: He was in it. Gary Busey was in it, and they had some like crazy <laughs> the guy from look, Home Alone was yeah, it, the, the crazy equipment manager dude. At, yeah, it was the guy yeah. from Home Alone. Home Alone. The guy yeah, from yeah. Home
0: Alone. Yeah, yeah. That wasn't yeah. Joe Pesci. Yeah. when,
2: when yeah. you don't have to pay for movies, you will go see that movie. Yes. and to- <laughs> I just Angel floated in.
1: Angels in the Outfield is a Disney, Disney? Movie. Hell yeah. Great movie. Terrible.
2: What, uh, oh. what about uh great remember movie. the Titans? Remember the Titans? Remember
1: movie. the Titans?
2: Yeah, that's Jeez, a yeah.
1: There's this a few is what we Oscar should have been talking about in Angels this, in the uh, Outfield.
0: Yeah. You, were there two versions of Angels in the Outfield? Because the one I remember was at the cinema with Tony Danza and it was terrible. No, it's a, watch it again. It's
1: great. I won't. <laughs> I won't. Danny Glover.
0: Danny Glover. Matthew McConaughey,
1: yeah.
2: Adrian Brody. Yeah. Yeah, the wow. kids. What? What's his
0: name? Joseph Gordon Levitt. It's, yeah, I'm telling you. It's what a, a,
2: what a,
0: what I remember a, that. Yeah. I remember, I remember Levitt being in that, but, yeah. um, I don't remember Adrian Brody. Yeah, he was an infielder. Tough to make the leap from, uh, Angels in the Outfield to the piano or the pianist, whatever yeah, the that pianist. guy was in. He won his Oscar. Yeah. Well, right. Eventually you know what's become... funny is like, cause that, and that dude was in, um, the last season of Succession. And it's hard not to Adrian look. Brody was. Yeah. Oh yeah? Adrian uh, Brody was. Have you watched that?
2: Nope. I'm not caught up on that yet.
0: Oh, yeah. I he am. shows up in that show. He is. And uh he is the he's one of the investors that kind of pits the guys against uh, yeah, each yeah. other during the last season. Um it's it's hard not to look at Disney's structure and see succession. You know, it's like the same type of thing. It's like media, amusement parks, and cruises, and like movies. You're like, oh my gosh, this is the same thing other than the news portion, which Disney doesn't have. Um, This this is like the same setup as Succession, except the Disney seem like much nicer people. Um, (laughs) Maybe.
2: Did you guys watch that McKenzie game this week? the 14 strikeout game yeah yeah Almost so, most of it. me too and what was crazy about that game was he was really lining up to lose that game two to one uh, he yeah. exited the game in the seventh inning down yeah. two to one having struck yeah. out 14 guys and that yeah. was thankfully one of the rally late rallies in in the same inning so i got him the win but yeah man i our starting pitching has not been the problem no nope. right like i mean they are no and, no, not that and, and it's, it's, it's not the place. bullpen
0: either the bullpen's <laughs> yeah. not giving up any runs it just it's just um, like
2: once a series the offense can't figure anything out <laughs> you yeah. Know?
0: Just yeah once a series like god damn it yeah and you know, yesterday I, like
1: Quato pitched so well oh, man. Man. they may chase so many high fastballs it's like ew, I, I mean maybe i just haven't watched enough but times i'm like man that's that's a really and Quato works really quick too so it was kind yeah. of fun to watch a pitcher work that fast and yeah was that good even though we lost the game i was like man that, that guy was dealing uh, last
2: night I mean, bieber gave a one earned run in in,
0: in that so, game and, yeah that, that's you know, the thing is that they you the feel like that pitching run. matchup like lived up to everything you right. thought it was going to be, right? Like, it was just we just ended up on the wrong side of it.
2: And they did have the Guardians had the tying run at the plate a couple times in the late innings, even when uh, Queto went into the ninth. But I think once in the eighth oh. and once in the eighth, and ninth. He took him out with yeah, two outs. Don't Wait, even yeah. let him get Oh man, I saw, I saw LaRussa. I'm like, he does has no idea where he what's yeah. happening right now. Like he he's a
0: walk, got to this guy out is... with
2: one out to get
0: <laughs> <laughs> it. Took him out with one out in the ninth. Yeah, no, no, yeah. no, he had
2: two outs. He had two one outs. out to get. Like, he had yeah. an eight two and two outs. pitch.
0: He pitched eight and two thirds in, but
2: he put a guy on. So yeah. the tying run comes, tying okay. run, yeah. not the winning run. Yeah. Tying run comes to the plate. Cueto was dominating, and uh, <laughs> he pulls him out. I, I thought, I, I was laughing. I'm like, what? This is one of those situations where this closer is going to come in. He gives up, like, one bomb, and the game yeah, is tied, be great. right? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
2: You dumbass. Did you How see you?
0: when he, uh, when La Russa took out the starter on Friday night? Lance like the oh, yeah. sixth there yeah, yeah. And yeah. like turned his back to him the whole time he was walking <laughs> from the dugout just basically turned ahead on the ball and wouldn't even get him. He walked the dugout.
2: rick manning was was loving yeah. that because he he knows he's like that dude is so yeah. pissed
0: right now like you yeah know, the, the yeah you're like yeah what are you doing taking me out uh, and he was doing just fine too yeah. like he 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 was only at like 87 85 pitches like it wasn't like he had gone like well over although i thought they did him they did a pretty decent job of working counts on that guy and getting his pitch count up early in that game um like you felt they were getting to him um that was the but, mckenzie game right like
2: he left that game up two one
0: yeah and then yeah,
2: it all imploded. And he had,
0: he had <laughs> yeah. given up the home run to Ramirez the right. inning before, and then That's I think right. he gave up a hit to somebody with maybe like an out or something like that. And he and came up and, and they out. gave up
2: four runs in that inning. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> ah, I wonder why the 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 White Sox play uninspired baseball. Yeah, I wonder what the right. root cause of that might be. Right. <laughs>
2: chucky how uh how are the kids doing man
1: it's all right she's um
2: charlie's doing okay she is doing
1: okay she's still swinging at me most of the time uh, <laughs> karate she's really good at chopping me in the face um the the difference that amazes me is how much stronger she is than chip like i put oh, around really? <laughs> she holds her head straight up and looks mm-hmm. me in the face already um chip didn't really have like the the dead eyes that most newborns have where they can't focus so her eyes gotta focus on you which is nice but um other than that yeah she's she's been good she's i'm learning little more tricks to get her to calm down with me because like you know like i i with chip i thought the same thing too I'm like, god this kid hates me um uh, but she's just she's a little more fussy than than chip was but i, I got yeah. shit on a few times this week in the middle of the night nice. but, i mean it's newborn stuff man yeah. nothing nothing terrible
2: that's awesome, man. Chip's doing okay yeah. with everything? Like no, yeah. no real yeah. like noticeable regression or anything? No, he is, right. I mean, he's
1: he's a little more, he's pushing a little more buttons with, with me and Whitney. Mm. You tell him no, and he just looks at you and does it anyway, but that's also a factor if he's two and a half. Exactly. Yeah, that's what yeah, right. right. yeah. yeah, that deal yeah. too, yeah. yeah. You know, she, she exists in his world now uh, where, where she oh. really didn't the first week and a half, and he kind of pays attention to her. Mostly if she's crying, he says swing, put her in the swing or milk. Like feed her to get her to shut, shut up. Shut her up. Shut <laughs> this
2: person up. I'm watching Bluey. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> but other than that, yeah, he's 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 come over and touched her and he kisses her on the head sometimes. Like it's it's pretty sweet actually. So, cool. Yeah. He's That's doing awesome, good. Man. Thank good. you for
2: asking. Oh yeah. my God. Yeah.
0: Funny, funny like a clown
1: here to amuse you.